Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Joining us now is the GM of the Texas Rangers, John Daniels. This interview brought to you by Evan Williams Bourbon and BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Uh, J.D., thanks for jumping on with us. Let's dive right into uh, talking about these young lefties. Um, You've got uh, Allard, obviously, Palumbo and Burke today, uh, you know, people are talking about this a lot, saying, hey, that's this is really exciting, but hey, is that too many young lefties? What's your take on all of this? Well, a couple of things. One, I get it from, you know, the, the looking at the short-term kind of matchups with, with Oakland and Houston, and but it kind of it also kind of cracks me up that, you know, people are like, oh, you have too much, too much young left-handed pitching. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, just too much of that that good thing. And, and um, there was a moment in time with, with Oakland having you know Chapman, Simeon, and Davis, and and obviously Altuve and Springer and these guys here. But those things change pretty quickly. And and at the end of the day, we, we want to get the best guys and, and uh, you know not try to overcomplicate it. And I think in in all three cases, you know that these guys have the ability over time to like. They, they have tools to get right-handed hitters out. You, know, you look at Mike Miner, and you're not worried about him facing right-handed hitters. You know, because he's got the changeup. He can pitch in with the fastball. He can pitch up with the fastball. You back foot the slider. And uh, I think in all in, in all three cases, we have guys that have those kind of weapons, or certainly the ability to develop them. So, John, if you don't mind, would you compare and contrast the two young pitchers that are taking the mound for you today? Yeah, I, I think the first thing you kind of notice is, is you know, they're physically a little different. Burks. Um, uh, just a little bit bigger man. I think uh, probably what six three, six four. Plumbo's probably closer to six foot. Um, Burke's more of a, a slider kind of fastball slider change. Plumbo goes uh, curveball. He introduced the slider recently, uh, but, but uh, uh, more of a curveball as, as his uh, primary secondary pitch. Uh, both guys' changeups have gotten a lot better. I, I think Joe's might be a tick more advanced. Um, Joe, really, kind of like Allard, really aggressively pitch in with his fastball. Um, you know, Brock will, will kind of use uh, both sides maybe a little bit more, but um, you know, both guys will sit kind of 92, 95 with with, with their uh, fastball, and uh, Brock will use a slider a lot, and Joe uses curveball. Got to ask you about. Uh, I haven't seen any news come down today, but last night we were paying attention. It looked like Nick Solak got pulled out of a game early, a minor league game. Danny Santana. Uh, with a little bit of a hammy tightness situation. So uh, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, we, we scratched uh, – we're not scratched. We pulled uh, Nick out of the game there in Nashville after you know, both Maz and, and, and Santana came out of the game last night. Um, you know, we knew we'd have to make some pitching moves today. And then when you have two everyday position players get, get banged up, Maz was, was his backside oblique, his left oblique, very very similar to what Joey did early in the season uh, with the exception. It, it looks like Mads is probably not as significant, at least based on exam last night. Uh, Joey was out three weeks. So I, I'm hopeful Mads is not, not that long, but you know, there is a possibility that, that uh, he needs some time. 
And then Danny, I, I think it appears it was, it was more of like a hamstring cramp than really pulling the muscle. So he was going to get kind of come in today and kind of get warmed up. But we wanted to have Nick, uh, especially playing two today in the heat, you know, we didn't want to be down two position players. So I think it's, there's a good chance we'll activate Nick and, and deal one of them. We just got to see these guys first and our clubhouse isn't even open until 11 this morning. So uh, not sure which one it's going to be at this point. Tell us what we, what you guys have seen from Nick since you acquired him. Um, just kind of a, a, a staff loves him there in AAA. Everybody that goes through, they all kind of talk about his uh, just the type of player he is, hard nose, smart. A big aptitude, but you know can really hit first and foremost. I think that's what kind of jumps out. He's just kind of kind of natural feel uh, for the barrel, and um, you know he's, he's crushed lefties throughout his, his minor league career, but he's, he's hit righties too. Uh, he was a um, he was an outfielder his first two years at Louisville. Uh, then they moved him into second base his, his junior year, his draft season. Our scout Mike Medici had the area and, and just really really loved the bat, loved the loved the profile. He's probably like a little more of an offensive first player. Um, he played second base exclusively the first month that he was there in, in Nashville. And then the last couple of weeks, we've had him play some left and some right. But uh, my, my sense is Woody will probably um, – he, he might play him a little bit in the outfield, but I think he'll, uh, he'll try to you know, get, him, get him comfortable with the, the doubleheader today. You know, Woody was talking even about you know, DHing Odor one day and, and uh, one game and – and second one, and, and maybe vice versa for Solak. But I think mean, he's, he's a pretty athletic guy. He runs well. Um, you know, he, he may need a little more time to acclimate to different defensive positions. But the fact that he can move around a little bit, that he's a right-handed hitter with some power and a good approach, it's, it's a, a good roster fit for us. You know, we're, we're sitting here talking about young starting pitching, which is awesome. Nice young offensive player there, and, and Nick Solak as well. And uh, there's. It seems like uh, you guys are are on the brink of of really turning that corner and and really have a lot of options in terms of directions you could go and and retooling this roster and and being very competitive again very soon. That said, it, it you know it always begs the question: Is ownership going to let you spend? And and so as you're starting to put these puzzle pieces together and and in, for next year and the three year plan and the five year plan. Do you anticipate that ownership's going to allow you to go out and, and spend money to significantly increase payroll as you go into the new stadium? Yeah, I do. You know, I do. It's going to have to be on the right, the right guys. And, um, I know over the next, this year and next year, there, there are you know, quite a few contracts that are coming up. And so just in that sense, we'll have some, some dry powder, but, uh, we're also anticipating, you know, raising payroll in the next couple of years, going into the new ballpark with, with all the, uh, kind of added value that that's going to bring to the franchise. So uh, that's definitely been a conversation and, and, you know, Ray, he wants to win, you know, he really does. And, um, you know, that's been a pretty meaningful topic of conversation here the last year or so, just been kind of looking out at, at first of all, retaining our own, the best of our own. And then secondly, just looking at the free agent market, whether it's this year, next year, you know, you, you, we don't totally control the timing, but we certainly can control, you know, going out and getting the right fit. You know, John, uh, we had Kiner Falef on the show last week as the Rangers player show, and then last night, obviously, a heroic moment for him. W- what are y'all's plans for him? He's obviously had, uh, it's been all over the board, and he's had some injuries, but what is the outlook for him? I think his best position defensively is his third base, probably the infield in general, but, but third base, you know, you look back at, uh, 2017 
and he was, um, if you look at like different defensive metrics in the minor leagues, he was on just about every leaderboard of, uh, you know, really good uh, defensive infielders. Uh, he's so athletic that we wanted to, to try and bind the plate, and I, I thought he made strides, but it's just the, the reality of what a hard position that is to learn on the fly at the major league level. And, um, you know, ultimately we decided that, you know, we wanted to, to kind of mix him in, move him around. We thought, like, his versatility is as valuable as, as the fact that he can catch. And you saw a situation the other day uh, with Minnesota where, you know, Woody was able to pinch hit twice for the catchers. You know, he's kind of defensive first catchers that, that haven't hit a ton. And, you know, he was able to do that because Kiner being on the roster allowed him to, 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 to do that. So he had two high-leverage spots for the catchers. Uh, and then here comes Kiner, you know, his ability to move around the infield. And that becomes even more valuable next year when, you know, you can have uh, with, with the 26th man an extra position player. And, you know, you can effectively, like, you know, hit for your catchers all the time if you want to, you know. And, and, and uh, or, or there's obviously a bunch of different ways to do it. But to have somebody that versatile that can play second, can play short, can play third really well, can catch, he could probably run around the outfield. He has a good approach. Probably never going to have a ton of power, although I do think there's a little more in there. Uh, and he's a smart player. So I, I think as, as we sit today, like, that's probably how we view him is you know, it's the, some of those parts and, and the versatility that makes him super valuable. Yeah, man, and there is a lot of versatility with, with a lot of these different players in the mix, like Danny Santana, who started at third yesterday. Would you consider Santana at third for a whole season, or is it just way too early to try to figure that out? You know, he's, he's put in a bunch of work there um, this, this summer. Um, I know in spring training, just in, in kind of getting to know guys, and obviously we, we just started to get to know him here over the off season. Third base was where he's played the least, and, and so I think because of that, it's, it's where he has the least comfort. Uh, not necessarily because he can't do it, but more just lack of experience over there. So Tony Beasley's worked him out quite a bit over there, and obviously saw last night what he felt like he was ready to go and ready to, to try it. I think he only had one play and, and made it, you know, seamlessly. Um, it's it's going to be a discussion. I mean, I think a lot of it depends on, you know, do we look outside? Is there the right fit via trade or free agent? Um, you know, and if not, you know, to look at our internal options, of which you know, Daniel definitely be in that conversation. Well, John, thank you for the time today. We appreciate it. We'll catch up with you next week, man. All right, guys. Thank you. There he goes, John Daniels, the GM of the Texas Rangers. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.